I'm Nate. That's Tony. Tony over there on that side. We're recapping week six in the NFL. We're going to be going over the top three things that we learned over the week and what we're going to do with it going forward for fantasy or betting or whatever we may do. We're going to talk about handcuffing running backs and we're going to select a few running backs for us to handcuff throughout the year. As you see, everybody's going down. I'm a firm believer in handcuffing. I don't know about you, Tony, if you're as heavy as into it as I am. I've been like that for years, and everybody gives me crap for it. We're going to draft our top five stadium sounds because I was in an arena last week, and then I was watching some college football, and then I'm watching NFL, and I'm like, the sounds inside the stadiums are awesome. We're going to draft those. We're going to leave you with a rant and rave and a banger for the week. But first, as always, Tony, what's top of mind coming out of week six into week seven or today in general? Handcuffs like running backs in the bedroom. I, I missed the first part. What were you talking yeah, about? Fuzzies. <sighs> Fuzzies. Yeah. <laughs> pro, pro handcuffs. Pro, pro handcuffs. <laughs> uh, I was watching the last few possessions of the Patriots and Raiders game. I'm sorry. And I noticed, <laughs> that, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, I noticed dozens of fans staring at their phones while they filmed the game in every shot where the camera panned to the crowd. And this is mm-hmm. like the first few rows, you know, in the end zones. Very low, very expensive tickets. Mm-hmm. what's at the top of my mind is that these people are missing live NFL football, which is crazy because like I said, they probably paid a premium. What are the, what do tickets go for at Allegiant? Did you look? Yeah. So I looked at Allegiant last week, Monday night football against the Packers and it's sit in the fourth level, the highest level, the cheapest ticket I found was 380 to get oh, into God. that place. I've looked at every, Jesus. all these stadiums around the, around the U S cause I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll go here or there or whatever like that. And when the Chiefs come to Denver, their seats, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool for me and the girls. They're right yeah. in the end zone at the corner. You know, we can get a sign that has uh, who has Sean Payton and uh, Russell Wilson and have it say old news, like how they do on New Heights with new news. Hopefully yeah, yeah. get Travis Kelsey to sign it and see it, right? Maybe we yeah. get on the show or whatever like that, get shouted out on Twitter. Uh, those tickets are 1200 bucks a pop. Oh, my God. So a premium. Very expensive. Premium. And these people are just staring at their phones the whole time. Um, second, these people are going to be blown away when they get home um, and they see these games on network television. They're going to lose their minds when they see the quality, the angles that us folks at home are getting of NFL football. It's going to be wild. I like, I do like going to live sporting events a lot better than I do on television. I get that I can see the game differently and stuff on TV, the angles and But, but all you go the and watch the game, right? Yeah. You're not filming every single second. Yeah, I'm that's notorious I'm for not being on my damn phone all the time, good. right? That's like, good. That's why you texted me yesterday. I was doing some stuff after a birthday party and I was doing stuff after it and you got to text six hours back because I don't have vibrate on or nothing like that. So uh, enjoy yeah. where you're at and where what it is and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, especially at games. I think there's a famous picture. I think it's of LeBron breaking the scoring record or something like that. Yeah. And there's one dude, I think it's a famous person who's like super wealthy, who's like sitting baseline and is the only person in the entire shot that shows the entire like lower level of the baseline mm-hmm. and everybody above on their phone trying to film it while everybody in the arena was filming it. He was just sitting there enjoying the moment and it was pretty awesome to see, you know, you should man live there. You're like, you're paying a lot to be there. 
you know, that moment's not going to happen again. It's just going to pass you yeah. by. You can watch, you can watch someone else film it with a much higher quality camera when you get home. Yeah. And the only thing people do it for is so that they can post it to their Instagram yeah. story or their Facebook. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no one cares. Like no, no one really cares. Right. No, like, if there was a dislike button, I would dislike all those posts. Yeah. I went to a couple Dodger games this year and went to WNBA finals, saw Allison Chains in concert last week. Mm. Only the people who listen here know. Like, that's it. Because, uh, but you know what? Even the people who listen don't care. So, yeah. Uh, you know. hold, hold on one second. Um, I'd like to dogpile. Can I dogpile on that, Nate? Uh, I think it's called mind? piggybacking. <laughs> Uh, I'm also tired of seeing players tossing up the peace sign in NFL games. You know, what is it? Some kind of hippie convention? Um, this is the NFL. Act like a professional. <laughs> That's not in the rants part. Jesus. <laughs> They're only doing it because Tyreek Hill does it. Like Tyreek Hill made it famous. My top of mind, Tony, is NFL refereeing and coaching in general. Mm. One, it's probably not what you think when I'm talking refereeing, holding calls, uh, pass interference, uh, fumbles that aren't fumbles apparently when they're not for passes or whatever it may be, right? All these bad calls yeah. that happen over the weekend. My thing is on people who spot the damn ball, and here's why. <laughs> I love me the Miami Dolphins. I've loved the Miami Dolphins for a while. I like the running backs for the Miami Dolphins, mm -hmm. and A-chan's out. Ahmed was the original backup to Raheem Mostert, the number two in that system, with Jeff Wilson as the three and HN as the four. Jeff Wilson's hurt. HN moves to the three because he's hurt also. He gets a little bit of run, and then all of a sudden he booms. Ahmed's hurt. He booms. He's the number two in the offense, right? HN goes down. He's on the IR. Who slides into that role? Ahmed. Granted, they go down 14 nothing, and the whole game script changes, and for some reason they can score 42 points in the last three quarters of a game. Outrageous, right? But one, the coaching. You give every back in this backfield all these whoop-de-doop-de motions and all this kind of stuff and all this crazy stuff that happens pre-snap, and you're running the ball out of it, and your running backs mm -hmm. have big wide gaps to run through. Or they're running these outside sweeps that are getting super leverages based off the motions and all this kind of stuff, right? Defensive players are running into each other left and right. Hawkbeck gets in the game, and there's no motion pre-snap or nothing like that. It's just, hey, we're going to hand the ball off off the get, or we're going to go right off the left tackle. We're not going outside you know, the numbers or anything like that with this dude. He did it two times outside the numbers, like outside towards the wide receiver in like a sweep-type motion yep. to the left. <clears throat> for seven yards and to the right, the last one you guys saw, which was a nine yard touchdown. But my gripe is with these fucking referees because in, and they messed it up on the box score stuff too, which really pissed me off because they gave him on his first three rushes, his first rush was a run to the right, three, 13, 13 left in the second quarter for three yards. Then he had a first and goal at the Carolina three and a half. You could see where the ball spotted. Like I, all 22 the fuck out of this thing because i was like i was like there's no way this is happening right and i even did it at work today don't tell my boss they don't listen i hope they don't listen if they do hey man subscribe to the channel and hit a hit like, the like button. Send it, hit the like button share it share it with somebody share it with your dad anybody who's still watching right now we're seven minutes in or whatever like that if you're watching share the show with your dad dads are into youtube now and they're like i love podcasts on youtube share it 
with them. They'll sit here for the entire hour and listen to us ramble, and then maybe they'll like it or they'll share it, share it with one of their old other guys that they meet at the coffee shop in the morning, getting a donut. And they're probably eating the plain glazed. Nah, not even that. Like an old fashioned, not even glazed. A plain cake old fashioned. Or like. yeah. yeah, yeah. But they have the ball with 11:59 in the second quarter left. First and goal at the Carolina three and a half. He runs it up the gut a little bit to the left side of the center, and you see where he hits a player that stops his momentum, and it's at the two-yard line. So this is a yard and a half, which in the NFL will count as one yard gained. He's definitely past the two-and-a-half-yard line. You can tell it clear as day. The ball gets spotted at the three. At the three. So it counts as no gain in the box score. And then he goes for two later on in the – in the game then he has that run to the left in the third quarter for seven yards and this guy only had six carries the entire game and then 127 left in the third quarter he runs up the middle for two yards because they're not giving him anything like fancy dancy to deal with or anything like that and then finally he gets that third third and goal at the carolina nine with 231 left in the fourth quarter nine yards camper for a touchdown the line was set at 23 and a half yards tony can you guess the number it finished at 23 23 <laughs> god damn it it's terrible. I clipped this thing today. I spent the last like couple hours here going through the all 22, recording it Jesus. on my computer, clipping it. So I and I sent a damn email to the NFL <laughs> on how terrible this is. And the only reason is because I parlayed that with he had 23 and a half. I parlayed that with him scoring a touchdown, Mostert scoring a touchdown, and Mostert over 77 and a half yards because the Carolina Panthers bleed yards to running backs. Yep. It's 90 yards and above every single game. Figure the Dolphins are going to be up, then they're going to run it, and then there's just going to be wide open gaps, and Ahmed only needs one run to get 23 and a half yards. But no, coaching stinks. <laughs> they scored 42 points in their coaching stinks, Tony. And then... The ref spotting the damn ball stinks, and it cost me a damn rent check because I like parlayed all four of those. It was at plus yeah. eleven hundred, and then I had it all different ways, like round robin style, or whatever like that. I still made out grand, right? But I'm missing a damn rent check. Christmas <laughs> is coming up, and these damn kids, my little one wants her own Nintendo Switch now, and I'm screwed because the damn refs can't spot the damn ball. That's top of mind for me. The refs were terrible. Let's move on to what we learned in week six of the 2023 season, 2023 season, Tony, and what we're going to do with it forward. I'll let you go first, and then I'll hit on mine. Sure. Um, yeah, this weekend was <laughs> terrible for sports Follow betting. that. Uh, Follow that with your whatever you got. I can't. I can't. Uh, That's not even my rant. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Uh, my first one is the Minnesota defense. Um, they've already improved quite a bit under Brian Flores. They're now 16th in defensive DVOA. I thought they were going to be like, I don't know, bottom 10. 33? Base, <laughs> 33rd, uh, based on like just the personnel and what Brian Flores has done historically. Um, this past weekend, though, they held a hot Bears team to just 6 for 10, uh, passing 58 yards and a pick, and then just six points in the first half. The Bears had scored 71 over the last two weeks. Very impressed. And the only teams to score more than 20 points on this defense so far this season have been the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Chargers, which I think you would agree um, we have as elite offenses. So that makes sense. But what I'm doing with that info, um, taking this into account for spreads and possibly some picks upcoming um, on the other show, San Fran is next. And if the spread gets up to double digits, I probably wouldn't even think about that. Ooh, 
I think they're they might be, start yeah. becoming a good teaser team. I think they might start becoming a good yeah. teaser team. So I my, I think every game for those guys has been one score. So something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, and they're probably going to be dogs in a lot of them. So if you tease them up high, get over two scores, get over that three and the seven, right, and then yep. possibly get over the ten. That'd be crazy. Um, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> My number one's going to be about Puka Nakua. This guy had a bad day. Everybody's sitting here, you know, cranking the dude for a couple weeks or whatever like that. He had a bad day, four for 26, four catches, 26 yards on seven targets. Uh, but what you didn't see, he had an 11-yard touchdown pass that he was going to be, you know, walk, cakewalk, save his day. You know, seven, eight points in the PPR league, but he tripped over his own damn feet and dropped the ball. So that's a play that you didn't see. But if you have people in your league who are going to be down on Puka Nakua after a game mm. that they just played, right, against not that great of an opponent, let's just say that. If they're going to be down on him because of a four for 26, you see Cooper Cup lighting it up. You see Kyron Williams lit it up on the ground as well. There's an opportunity for you to trade for a guy like Puka Nakua. He still got seven targets in the game, second on the team in targets. He's still going to get force-fed the ball. The system is great for getting those wide receivers in, in roles, and they can move them all across the field and interchange who the guy is because him and Cooper Cup run the same type of routes, and they're, they're kind of like the same style of player as well. So maybe teams are keying in on Cooper Cup, you're going to get some Puka Nakua love. Like, they're going to have to pass the ball. Their defense isn't good. They've had a couple decent weeks, but they're not that great on defense, and I would expect them to be letting up a lot of points to finish out this year. Puka Nakua trade target for you going forward based off of one bad week because we know everybody likes to react to one bad week. Over. Overreact. <laughs> overreact. Overreact. Yeah, he did have 70 targets on the season. I know a lot of that mm -hmm. was without cut, but that's second only behind Jamar Chase. Cooper so. Cup only had nine targets, only, yeah. right? But Cooper Cup had nine targets. Pukunuko was getting seven. And they were yeah. blowing a team out. Yep. Yeah, game script was definitely in the Rams' favor. Uh, he's also the wide receiver five on the year in PPR format. So mm -hmm. there's that. Definitely take advantage of your bozo teammates. That's a that's Nate's word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my second one, the Cleveland defense, the Browns. Um, there's few teams in the NFL that have a defense that can keep them in any matchup no matter the opponent or no matter what their offense is doing, even if PJ Walker, an XFL quarterback starting uh, the Browns though, I think are one of them. And when they get Watson back, I think they're a legit playoff team in the AFC, possibly contender uh, defense. Look, it looked the part um, this past weekend. There were some key injuries, of course, and the weather kind of made things sloppy. You got to take that into account, but they also had to pr uh, play through those things. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But what I'm doing, adjusting all of our picks against uh, them going forward. That's for damn sure. Um, mm -hmm. and if you play in a league with Cleveland or uh, with defense, sorry, like the Browns should be an every week starter, like that they look legit at every level. Yeah. I think it's well stat today that they're the number one ranked defense across the board since the year 1971. Wow. The best defense of all time since 1971. Look what, what they done. did to San Fran. Like yeah. they look, they made Brock Purdy look like a seventh round pick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Maybe yep. worse. Maybe worse. Maybe the last one in the seventh round. I mean, could you imagine that? <laughs> Imagine, imagine a seventh round last pick of the NFL draft being a starting quarterback. They made him look like that. Yeah, that yeah. good. Crazy. Um, my next one's going to be about Zach Moss, 
right? So Zach Moss, hell of a day rushing the ball, seven rushes for 21 yards. But here's the kicker, six catches on seven targets for 38 yards. This dude is going to continue to be an every week starter for us. He had, I believe it was one less rushing attempt or two rush, less rushing attempts than Jonathan Taylor. And the key part is in the second half, when they're, get, when they're down points, it was Zach Moss on the field with Jonathan Taylor on the sideline in passing situations. And Gardner Minshew, I don't know if anybody used to pay attention to those Jacksonville Jaguars teams, right? But he likes to pass to the running back. That's why this guy here still has Leonard Fournette in dynasty teams like a bozo because Leonard Fournette was the dude who benefited from guys like Blake Bortles and Gardner Minshew tossing the ball and all that kind of stuff, right? So um, Gardner Minshew not afraid to pass the ball to the running back. You got an offense that came from Philadelphia that did sort of the same thing too. The running back was a piece of that offense as well. He's going to share snaps with Jonathan Taylor. They just paid Jonathan Taylor a lot of money. He's got to work his way back because he didn't do a lot in training camp coming off ankle and in, ankle injuries and stuff like that. But Zach Moss is going to be a guy that uh, we're going to be able to roster for the rest of the year. And I don't really have a big like qualm against rostering him or starting him in, in 12, 12 team leagues, right? And you can possibly just start him in uh, 10 band leagues as well. Cause if this dude gets in the end zone one time, it's icing on the cake for everything, but he's going to be able to get you double digit points every week, I believe going forward. So do not fear. Go ahead and start your Zach Moss. Can you, can you even spell qualm? I don't know if you can. Is it Q U A L M? Listener, can you help us out here? Yeah. Throw, somebody throw us a freaking bone. There was uh, a bone. I don't think Her. I won the spelling bee thing. I don't remember. Uh, so <laughs> no. on, <laughs> on the theme of fives, Zach Moss is the RB5 so far on the season. No big deal. Pretty, pretty good. And, and like on Zach Moss, they just did pay Jonathan Taylor. This isn't going to be the year they compete. Anthony Richardson, I think, is done for the season, right? Did you see that? Oh, uh, I heard that he's. Surgery. I heard that he is taking himself out for the season or something <laughs> like that because he got yeah. like three, three or four opinions, and one of them said surgery could be an option. Yeah, I think their window is like the next two or three years if they're gonna like actually spend some resources. But so they might preserve Jonathan Taylor after paying him all that money. So Zach Moss might get plenty of run this year. I would hold on to him. Uh, my final one, Cincinnati. They seem back to mostly normal. Uh, unlike some people, uh, wait, this this person over here. Mm -hmm. uh, I regard Seattle as a good football team. Nope. And the Bengals, granted this was at home, shh, Cincinnati played a strong game on offense and defense, and they got like an ugly win, but it was a win. Um, but what I'm doing, uh, I heard a lot of unnamed sources out there saying that the Bengals had mailed it in. I don't even know what mailed it in means. But mm -hmm. we know these guys are competitors. Nate will agree these guys are competitors. Yep. And they've been so close twice now with uh, Burrow uh, as far as getting to the Super Bowl and then getting to the AFC Championship in the second season. Um, I feel like they're just going to be motivated. It was a shitty start. Burrow was injured. Higgins got kind of banged up. But I'm going to continue to pick these guys uh, as the team we assume they were coming into 2023, not the team we saw, what, weeks one through three, where they were kind of mm -hmm. struggling on the struggle bus. So still like the Bengals. That, there's seven teams that make the playoffs now, right? So, yeah, yeah right? So that, div that division likely will have three teams in the playoffs. That's a good probability. 
that's pretty crazy, right? Because the Jets probably aren't going to make it. I mean, man, top of mind also, I got my damn Zach Wilson jersey in black Gotham City style or whatever like that, and they sent me the wrong size, so I had to send it back, and now i got to wait till like, November 1st or something to get it. Jesus Christ. But they don't look like they're going to make it, but the Dolphins, Buffalo Pills, and then you got the three top ones there. I don't even know. Like, it's weird because the Steelers are good too, but they're not – I don't think they're going to make it through the division, right? But then the South, they're going to have one team, and then the West mm-hmm. is going to have one team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they might have three teams in that division making it, and they could end up playing each other all throughout the playoffs. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my last one is – Tony, you're going to laugh. It's about Kadarius Tony, and you need to <laughs> buy him cheap. Always on Tony. Let me tell you about Kadarius Tony. All right. right, So before everybody calls me crazy, I believe this because it just makes sense logically to me, right? Has he played all that great? No. Has he gotten tons of yards? No. Is he rushing for positive yards in games? No. But here's the thing. In in week two, this guy gets a toe injury, okay? (laughs) So he gets a toe injury. He tries to play week three, and he basically plays two snaps, and then he's off the field for the entire game. So then they say, hey, nope, you're not going to be playing, right? And I've been kind of watching this dude. Like, I'm starting to think questionable tags, no go for Kadarius Tony. I'm going to play this dude if he's healthy because <laughs> in week four, he That's gets it, four, yeah. in week four, he gets 14 snap or 17 snaps in that game, right? I think he gets two or three targets in that game. So roughly about 20% target share there. In week five, and that's per snap. In week five, he played 25 snaps, and he gets six targets in this game, rushes twice. So that's eight opportunities and 25 snaps of him on the field. That's about 30%, Tony. Of That's funny because I'm talking about Tony. But um, Canarius Tony touches the ball 30% of the time he's on the field. So every three plays, he's getting the ball, and they're forcing him the ball. They want him to be involved. Last week, he got 30 snaps, or this week in week six, he got 30 snaps, and he got six targets as well, two rushing attempts, eight opportunities to touch the ball. I mean, that's over 20, That's over 25% right there, right? So the guy, every... Every four plays, he's getting the ball in his hands, and they're force-feeding him the ball. There's nobody on that team who plays those amount of snaps and gets the target share that he does, and it's because they need him and want him to be a part of that offense more than anybody else. Get it, Rasheed Rice is tearing it up. Sky Moore stinks. MVS gets a couple passes here and there, and it's basically basically just uh, fucking running back's name. Damn it, what's his Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. I just think about him like stomping through the ground. Like he He runs with really high knees. He runs with really high knees, which is pretty cool to see, right? Because that's what they teach you. Keep your knees high and stuff like that Mm because you'll explode. He does that really well. Him and and Kelsey getting the ball. But this guy's going to get the ball, you know, every three plays, three, four plays. His snap shares, his snap percentage is only going up and up and up as they kind of bring him back. But this is a dude who could end up winning you leagues or get you those wins near the end of your season if he continues to be healthy. He might get hurt again, right? But what are you getting for this? What Like, what are you paying for this guy, right? Are you going to go pay, I don't know, let's say someone's backup running back or something like that. You know, they got a... Najee Harris and you want to give him Jalen Warren or they got 
Dalvin Cook on your team and someone's got Brees Hall, right? Or something, you know, somewhere like that. Think mm-hmm. about a backup running back or another quarterback or something like that. Someone likes backup quarterbacks. Give them two good quarterbacks. If you got two good quarterbacks on your team, trade one of them away to another guy with a good quarterback because they'll think, oh, I got options and I'll just play the matchups. Well, that never works out for you playing no. the matchups. Just have one guy and stick with it so that averages out throughout the year. You could do that, get Kadarius Tony, and then if he has no injury designation, feel free to start him. This last week he scored, what, a touchdown, right? And he ends up with, I think he scored a touchdown. Yeah, and uh, ends up with nine-something points. He only caught a couple passes, 20-something yards or something like that, had negative two yards rushing, but the guy's going to get carries down at the red zone. They want him to fill in for that Tyreek role that they've been missing pretty drastically. Kadarius Tony's that dude. If you have Rasheed Rice on your squad too, Definitely, I would grab Kadarius Tony as just a handcuff. And then as it kind of sways, then you know who you could play. It's going to be one or two of those guys. Yeah, they desperately need a playmaker too. But mm-hmm. you can see he's the explosive guy. Rasheed Rice is very consistent, solid, not that explosive. But he makes plays. But Tony, he looks so fast, so explosive. Yeah. So you, you, if you watch him, you understand why Kansas City wants to get him the ball. It's just, can he stay healthy? That's my thing. Yeah. But there's, I just don't – there's nobody in the NFL – who touches the ball more when on the field than Kadarius Tony? Maybe Kelsey or gets the opportunity to, but yeah. Kadarius Tony just gets the ball so man much from that wide receiver position. I do like his last name. Big fan. Yeah. It's spelled better than yours, anyways, but it's got the <clears throat> E in there. Yeah. Earlier I mentioned handcuffs for running backs. If it if it's not apparent after every week of going through waiver wire that there are backup running backs that are getting picked up because guys are falling out left and right. If that cannot cue someone's brain to just say, I need to handcuff my running backs to make sure that no one takes my situation that I that I like, right? I believe, and I don't know if you do, Tony, as much as I do, or even if you do at all, but I believe in systems and they breed opportunity for running backs a lot more than other things, right? So um, if you like what role that your player's in and what they're getting, who's going to take that role when they leave? And do you want to be stuck with, say, I don't know, Tony Pollard getting injured, and then now you have to go spend fab dollars, or now you got some cheap waiver wire priority thing, and you're not going to get them, and one of your other league mates is going to do it, and they're going to take all that percentage share from you and all those points while you're scrambling to find somebody else, right? Handcuff the running backs. It's Definitely detrimental, and if you haven't seen it now, just look at Jordan Mason. Like, we talked, you know, episodes and episodes about how we got kids in our league, right? And one of them is my daughter. So she's like, hey, Juju's on the uh, out. I'm going to put him in my R slot, right? And I was like, well, why don't you go through and make sure you, you fill it with somebody? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up Jordan Mason because he's running behind Christian McCaffrey, and she didn't do it. So Jordan Mason is on waiver wire this week going up against – the Minnesota Vikings, and um, she doesn't have him on his team, on her team. Like, what are you doing, dog? I asked her today, and she was like, she was like, I forgot to pick him up. I was like, we were talking about it, right, and whatever. And she's like, well, I spent all my money on Jerome Ford. I was like, yeah, you're still good or whatever, right? But handcuff the running backs. We're going to talk about our top three that we want to handcuff, and then if we have some honorable mentions, we'll go from there. But, Tony – uh, why don't you go through and name off one of yours? 
so I can't say I've ever rostered four running backs from the Dolphins and Colts on the same fantasy team, like some people. Like some people. <laughs> uh, Am I yeah, wrong? Maybe, Am I wrong? I, I mean, no. maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, my first one's Jalen Ward. Um, so Pittsburgh, Najee, he doesn't look fast. He doesn't look explosive. He isn't catching passes at the same rate that made him one of the top backs in the league a few years ago when Big Ben was still there with his noodle arm. Uh, Warren, on the other hand, looks much better um, when he's on the field. And then the benefit of rostering Jalen Warren is that he isn't solely a handcuff for Najee. You can flex him now. Uh, Jalen Warren is the RB24. So he's an RB2 on the year, averaging 10 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. Double dig, Nate. And then yep. Najee, any guesses to where Najee is? Like what running back he is? One, two, Let's three, say four, five. 32. Running back 40. Ooh. Running close. back 40. So start Warren. Get Warren if you can. You might as well be starting him now if you're in PPR formats. Yep. Yep. And uh, Jalen Warren, for everybody out there, is only 63% owned at ESPN League. So Ooh. all the ownership percentages I'm going to talk about are through ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, 63% owned. So he's out there. And if definitely if you have Najee Harris, you need to have that dude. But if you don't, uh, he has some standalone value like Tony talked about, you know, like your RB3 or RB2 type of guy, you know, whatever like that. So I think a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, it, this might be the day that he starts taking some share away, share away and then Ajay mm -hmm. still gets the run. But um, definitely one of the guys that I had uh, earmarked it to with what I had down. My number one is going to be Rico Dowdle. So Rico Dowdle currently owned in 4% of leagues behind Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard is one of the guys getting a lion's share of every snap and every target in an or every opportunity in an offense whether that's passing or running the ball he has a 70 percent snap share on with the dallas cowboys this year so they don't run two running backs right rico dowdle's not getting a lot of run he gets some little spell work here and there and a lot of that stuff came in those first couple weeks where they were just blowing teams out you know, and when you're blowing teams out and we're sitting here betting any any touchdown for him, Turpin and some other dude, you know, the little short guy, um, Deuce, Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, that guy's about the size of the deuce. I I had the fucking runs earlier, Tony. It was bad. I was like, oh, take a me a deuce. Take a me a Vaughn, a little oh Vaughn ski. But Tony Pollard, 70 percent uh, snap share. And you got Regal Dowdle sitting there at. 4% owned, just sitting on waiver wires. If you have Tony Pollard, you need to have Rico Dowdle because he's going to get all of that run in that offense. Those other running backs stand no chance to get carries or catches. Rico Dowdle, 4% owned. That's my number one. I do approve of that one. In the uh, Taco Corp League of Record, I am rostering Tony Pollard and his backup, Rico Dowdle. So I definitely approve of that one. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my second one is Tajay Spears. Um, if you've watched any Titans or any Mike Vrabel, you know Mike wants to run early. He wants to run often. He'll run when they should be passing the damn ball. The Titans are bottom five in passing rate over expected, as expected, uh, because we know them. But if Henry goes down, Spears is going to be an RB2, maybe RB1. He catches passes. But in the meantime, he does have some standalone fantasy value. You can flex him. Um, if you're in a tight spot, you know, get through these bye weeks. We have a ton of injuries but Tajay Spears has averaged about 8.4 points per game in PPR formats, and he's the overall RB30. So he's an RB3. You can flex him. No mm -hmm. issue there. No issue there. 39% owned in ESPN leagues. <laughs> Nate Tajay did his Spears. research. 
I love it. Yeah, I have dudes like I have all <laughs> these dudes ranked or whatever like that. I have a lot named here, so um, yeah, definitely for sure. Um, you know what they want to do there too. So there's nobody behind him either, and that's the thing. They're kind of splitting those carries right now. But if Derrick Henry goes down with one of these, you know, Liz Frank injuries like he always does or something like that or has something go on, when it gets cold, they run the ball in Tennessee. They got the cool matte helmets. I think those are some of the sickest helmets in football because like they're not glossy and stuff like that. They look kind of cool and mean, and their stadium looks kind of dungy, you know, grungy yeah. or whatever like that. But um, he's going to get 75% of the snaps and all of the running. So, yeah, uh, my number two is going to be Tank Bigsby. So Tank Bigsby backing up Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne among the leaders in snap share percentages on his team for the running back position, sitting at a hefty 78.5% of all snaps for the running back. Tank Bigsby, 10% owned in fantasy football. He's just free. He's free. I don't know what to tell you. Does Travis Etienne get hurt? It happens, right? Like, And this is a team that's going to be competitive. They're going to be winning games. They're going to be ahead. They're going to run the ball. And and he's shown that he's he's pretty damn good running the ball too, right? He's got some pop at the goal line as well. He can catch the ball for being a bigger guy too. And I don't – 10% on is erroneous for a guy who's one of the better running backs in the entire NFL right now based off the team and the position that he's in. So mm -hmm. And that Jacksonville defense is ramping it up a little bit better, and they're getting to a groove. So they're going to be winning ball games. They're going to be ahead. Their division stinks go get you some tank big speed to back up your Travis Etienne. And if you just have open spots where you're just rostering bullshit, like, I don't know, like Darius Slayton or something, you know, and like, I don't know, Odell Beckham. Uh, second defense, get it out of here. Oh, yeah. A second quarterback, like you have Daniel get Jones and, and someone else, you know, whatever, Daniel Jones and let's say, uh, who's a middle of the, Kirk Gino Cousins, Russ, Kirk Gino Cousins. Russ. Just ride with those guys and get rid of Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, go pick up these guys who are going to have value as soon as these guys go. And then the thing is, is that you screw everybody else because they're already on your roster. And then they then they're like, dang it. Why didn't I think of that? You know, or whatever like that. And then you get points while they decline. And that's how you win championships in fantasy football. Tank Bigsby, add them to your team. That's what you want most. Dang it. Why didn't I think of that? That's what yeah. you're for. <laughs> <laughs> we all say it sitting right on the shitter. You just slap your leg. Yeah. God dang it. <laughs> My final one here is Tyler Algier. Uh, Bijan, he's the main guy in Atlanta, but Arthur Smith and that staff, they've stated they aren't going to run him into the ground. That's proven to be true as Algier has 62 rushes and almost 200 yards in the season. He's averaging eight and a half points per game, and he is the RB 29 currently. So, again, that's someone I wouldn't mind flexing, especially now that we're in bye week season, especially – as all these running backs and you know wide receivers are going down with injuries, so yeah, like me, some Tyler Algier, he he's good. Was he run for almost a thousand years as a rookie last year? He ran for over a thousand last yeah, year, which is he, wild. He's solid, yeah, yeah. And um, Tyler Algier, sixty percent owned in all fantasy leagues, while Bijan gets seventy percent, seventy one percent of the snap share in that offense right now too. So uh, definitely like that. He's sixty percent owned, and I really think it's mostly because of Week One. He scored like twenty four points, and then he's been around six seven the rest of the time. But he scored a bunch of those points, so people are like, "Well, hold on to him." Yeah. They they just forget that he's on that he's on their roster, 
I, I really think that happens. They're like, oh, I played him, and then I played him week two. He didn't do anything, so I bench him. Yeah. And then they don't even think about the guy, right? So you could probably snack, snatch him up if you're a Bijan owner. Go yeah. go snatch him up for something cheap, you know? One of these bogus, bogus tight ends that people love, you know? Uh, who's that tight end? Jonu Smith or something like that, right? Like, yeah. Go do that. So um, good ways to move around your roster. I have a bunch here, but I think my the one I want to go with and I want to highlight is going to be – dang it. There's good ones here, Tony. I'm going to go with Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller is only 8% owned in leagues. And Alvin Kamara, since he's been back, has been getting 73% of the snaps. Alvin Kamara is catching damn near 10 balls a game. It's a focal point of their offense. He might not be getting all the rushing yards right or anything like that, but the dude's on the field, and he's just catching balls left and right. Kendra Miller started off the season hurt. He missed the first couple games, and they kind of eased him back. He's been getting 20% of the snap since in that backup role since Alvin Kamara came back, right? So they, he's the next guy up. You got Tony Jones Jr. He stinks. And then you have – it's probably because of his first name. And then you have Jamal Williams is on an IR with a hamstring. He's getting older, mm -hmm. you know, and longer in the old tooth, as they say. But uh, he's not going to be a factor here either. Kendrick Miller, they brought him in because he matched the same skill set as Alvin Kamara coming out of TCU. He's quick. He's fast. He hits holes. He can see angles and cut back lanes really well. You know, yeah. puts his foot in the ground mm -hmm. one time. He's back the opposite way going for 60 yards. Um I think that we'll end up seeing some packages later on in the year. It's hard because they have so many weapons there, right? With Michael Thomas, who's playing well. You got Chris Olave, who's playing well. Their tight ends are good at blocking and stuff like that, too. So they get on the field. Uh, Rashid Shahid, he's blazing fast as well, too. Explosive. But I think you, I think we we can start seeing some sets later on in the year, especially when they need to start, you know, putting up some points and get ahead of some of these teams early where yeah. you've got those three wide receivers out on the field and then the two running backs coming out of the backfield. I think that'd be pretty, pretty nasty coming out of that offense. So he may have some standalone value later on as he comes back and gets into the groove of being a part of that offense with Derek Carr and the rest of the it, guys. And he should be cemented as the number two. You mentioned Jamal Williams and the hamstring. I'm getting, I'm getting a note here from, uh, from the producers. Um, being told hamstrings are also very important for running backs. I heard so. that they weren't important uh, a week ago. I'm not sure. Maybe it was my Wi-Fi was bad or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. But I think that's that's a solid one too. And I tried to highlight ones where guys are getting like tons of target or you know snap share, and then they're super low owned. Like it's it's outstanding. It's crazy because they're just free. So it's not like you know it's not like maybe there's um, you know, a bunch of leagues that are dead out there, right? Like, there's leagues where you got like Jerome Ford, like I think he's like 87% owned in ESPN leagues. And it's like, that makes no sense, That's right? Nuts. But yeah. maybe there's four man leagues, six man leagues, eight man leagues, 10 man leagues. Like he should be owned in all of them, but people are, you know, doing whatever they do or people start playing and they don't play anymore. Forget yeah. to set their rosters and stuff like people in our fucking league. So, um, Brandon, Brandon, yeah. and you got some honorable mentions. You got a, <clears throat> much yeah i got a whole than i do yeah so i had uh salvin Ahmed, right i talked about him earlier he's 10 percent owned in espn most of it's getting 60 percent of the share uh there and that's with them blowing teams out right so he's not he's not playing quarters or anything like that but um behind him you could add in jeff wilson if he ever comes off the ir as well he looks like he's close to coming off the ir but he'd be the third guy should one he's of these good. guys get hurt and they're all they're all injury prone or have an injury history right i don't want to say prone but they all have uh, 
history with being injured. Kenneth Gainwell, he's 30% owned. He's backing up DeAndre Swift in this offense. DeAndre Swift's getting, um, if you add in week one where he didn't even play because they're arresting him because they came back on a Thursday, you know, or whatever, the week Short after, week. and then we saw DeAndre Swift be DeAndre Swift and be the lead back. Uh, if you add in that week, he's 50, 50, getting 56% of the snaps and 62% of them without it. And then Zach Charbonnet, 35% owned. Kenneth Walker is getting 65% of the snap share there. And then this one, this one is a good one, and I, I wanted to talk about it, but um, Amari DiMarcado. So Amari DiMarcado of the Arizona yeah. Cardinals was the hottest waiver wire pickup this last week when Keontae Ingram's actually the backup because people don't pay attention to preseason football and depth charts prior to, and they're like, oh, this guy came in after James Conner. Well, it's because Keontae Ingram was injured and he wasn't playing football at the time. Uh, James Conner got hurt. At the time that he was getting hurt, he had 75 or 70% of the snap share. Uh, Amari... DeMarcado is 55% owned. I don't know. I want to keep saying DeMancado, DeMancado, DeMarcado, 55% owned in leagues, right? This is going to tank because this dude didn't perform and Keontae Ingram performed, right? So he's going to get dropped. This is going to be in the 20% here Wednesday morning. You're going to get him free after people paid fab for him. And And now he's the backup to the guy who... (laughs) who was just injured like i don't know like it's just these little games that you can play go pick them up if you got count counting in group someone's going to drop him you know demarcado for jordan mason or anything like you know all these other guys that are injured this last week and i'm glad neither one of us really brought up the guys who are who are now filling roles and are going to be the hot waiver wire ads this week because that's what everybody's talking about um yeah but ingram's the man there and then um he only played Ingram only played five less snaps than DiMarcado in this last week when they, you know, his first game back or something like that. I expect that to flip drastically, and then we'll see uh, Keontae Ingram take that lion's share of the carries there. But those were my running backs to target for handcuffing. They're free. They're They're free, free. Tony. Go get them. The only honorable mention I had was whoever the number two running back in Miami is. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned like everybody's injured with Jeff Wilson's trying to come off the IR Devon a chains on the IR. Um, but these guys, the dolphins blow out opponents every week, you know, the mm-hmm. offense is high powered. Um, so they're going to have that, you know, positive game script from the, for the running game. And they open up massive holes. Uh, just... You mentioned their, you mentioned their massive holes earlier. I won't, yeah. I won't go into those holes. Uh, and Raheem Mostert, <laughs> Raheem Mostert's 31 years old. He's not going to play 17 games. Like, mm-hmm. Running backs in their prime don't play 17 games. Mostert is yeah. going to pick up some injury. They are just going to rest him maybe towards the end of the year just to get him ready for the playoffs. So these guys behind Mostert, they're going to get run. Almost all of them you can get for pretty cheap. A-chan's probably rostered in uh, in IR slots. But those other guys, you could probably pick them up right now for free. And all of these guys, right, in their offenses, outside of, I'd say, Jaden Warren, right, are like top 12 run friendly offenses like the best run offenses that you want to have a piece of in in fantasy football like even the arizona cardinals right james connor is a top tier back in this league because he is one of the only options in that offense so it's very conducive to these offenses and stuff like that so yeah um let's move on and draft our top five stadium sounds tony 
I'm I'm intrigued because I just said top five stadium sounds, and you're like, what does that mean? I was like, stuff you hear when you're in a stadium, <laughs> and I didn't want to give any examples, right? Because I wanted to see what you came up with. I got ten things. Let's see where we take it, and it could be, you know, stadiums, arenas, you know, big time yeah, sports yeah. venues is what I'm talking, right? So, do you want the first one or do you want the turn? I'll just take the first one because I'm anxious to see what you pick, and I'll, right. I want to hear two of your picks after I make mine. So, I think so, I think you might like my first pick. So, I think you like. I think it's only fair to have to make the sound too after you state what it is, right? So, if it's something unique or something like that, um, I'll try. I'll, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'll I'll try. I hope you got a sing. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna speak it. I'm not gonna <clears throat> sing anything. Oh my god, you're the worst. <laughs> Uh, first pick, we ready? We ready to start this? Always ready. Always ready. Uh, first one, uh, baseball, it's America's greatest pastime. This may be America's greatest stadium sound. It's the seventh inning stretch. Everybody stands up. Everybody sings it. Take me out to the ball game. Take me. <laughs> Take <laughs> um, me out to the ball game. Come on, man. Jesus. I'm not singing it. I didn't prepare for, I didn't prepare myself. That wasn't in the notes. All right. <laughs> but give me the seventh inning stretch. Everybody loves that shit. That's one of them for me. So, um, look, I got two picks here, Tony. And whether you are one of the 41,000 people in Atlanta watching baseball, one of the 80,000 people at Dope Campbell watching the Florida State Seminoles, or one of the 8,000 in a California high school on a Friday night, just Oh, don't join me. Don't join me. It's the Florida State Seminole <laughs> War chant. It's the greatest sound. No matter where you're at and you're in Kansas City and it's super loud, they're breaking decibel records or anything like that. If yeah. you can go be a part of that, or just when you hear it, it's one of the most awesome things. You just want to turn your TV up loud, and you see everybody tomahawk chopping, right? Just tomahawk chopping. They said they were supposed to ban it, and the people said, we're not banning it because we love our Indian casinos. And if we don't do this, we're taking them out of the sport of football. Um, give me the Florida State war chant, the Seminole war chant. It's the greatest yeah. It's the greatest sound in all of sports. That, that, like with the crowd doing that, and then the band playing with it. Yeah. Oh my God, it's good. Yeah. We Nate put it in the the Taco Corp when we used to like get ready for like playoff matchups and stuff for our League of Record. It was yep. legit. It was like to get it hyped up for the matchup preview. It was legit. Yeah. If you uh, if you go back, I'll whenever you're doing your picks, I'll try to look up what episode it is, okay. but it's like labeled championship week or whatever so like that. Good. I think it's only in the audio form. So you'd have to go to like, I, I tried to, we used to just do for people who are new here, right? We used to just do like stuff around our league and that's what it started as. So we were just reporting on the league and making it fun or whatever. And I tried to do like a whole announcer, like pump up thing for championship week and stuff. And it was all based around college football. So yep. The Seminole war chant is my number one. My number two, Tony, oh, I'm going to go with the Hey song. Do you know the Hey song, Tony? I do not. I mean, I might. Yeah. You got to sing it for me. I don't know. How to, yeah. I think I know that one. 
Hey! Oh, come on. That, you know this song. Is that a college atmosphere type? No, it's or? just done in all kinds of places. Like okay. a lot of uh, basketball arenas. It's a big thing or whatever like that. Look up the Hey song. It's a good one. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below on how Tony doesn't know the Hey song. And then if you know how to type out how to sing it better, um, yeah, then that's it. But I have all been the, to all a lot of say live hey. basketball events. All you do is say hey the entire time, but it's actually pretty good. So that's my do, number two. I'll write it down here and do some research. I probably shouldn't have picked that one now that I'm looking at my list, but whatever. I wanted to do it. Yeah, that one's probably free later. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this is this is very vague, but the MLB organ, uh, not all stadiums have it uh, in their stadium still. It's kind of like a thing from like a couple generations before us, but the Dodgers at Dodger stadium, we still have it. And it's awesome. Uh, baseball is definitely one of those like classic games, a game from, like I said, a much older era. And when you have the organ, I feel like you really get to experience that when you're at a game. Nice. And I do like, like the organ. Even, it's not even one specific like tune. It's just usually it, it depends on the organ player, but they'll play like a little riff from like any song or whatever, just in between batters or whatever. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's good. I, the um especially in baseball stadiums like the dodgers are great with the organ right it's like the same old lady who's been doing the organ since dodger stadium came in the 40s like yep um it's pretty good but uh my second pick here third overall it's gonna be walkout music uh i mostly hear this in baseball but it's awesome getting individuals like their theme music. So like for batters at home games, when they come to the plate, right. Um, wrestling is awesome for this too. So if you want me to be more specific, my favorite walkout song to this day is Hollywood Hulk Hogan's Jimi Hendrix voodoo child. When he was in like the <laughs> NWO, like in the latter parts of his wrestling career, uh, just get chills. I get chills. I want to start saying brother. I want to grow up my mustache and diet blonde, all of the above. Nice. Nice. Oregon. I was looking up that episode, Oregon and walkout music. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I think my favorite walkout music is, you know what it is, right? Heartbreak Kid? Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I know I'm cute. I think I'm sexy. It's pretty good. I got the look that drives the girls wild. Uh, I yeah. Think I, can do, I don't think I can do Voodoo Child. It's just like all guitar. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, very distinct. Yeah, it is kind of cool when you hear, if you smell. <laughs> Dude, they're so good. They're so good. Let us know what your favorite walkout music is. If you watch wrestling or anything like that. Inter Sandman with Mariano Rivera is pretty good too, so. Broken um, Glass for Stone Cold. Yeah. Oh, dude. So you just know every and everybody gets up and yeah. Flipping off the crowd on the ropes, yeah. <laughs> pouring two beers down. Yeah, Damn. I just paid. I just paid fifteen bucks per tall can. And I'm just gah, gah, something like smashed them together era. for the audio the, listener. Yeah, golden the era. Best, man. The best. Um, Taco Corp episode thirty three. If you look up TCFFL thirty three slash championship week, you can find that in all your podcast platforms you for that one with the music and stuff like that. So, uh, man, that was good. All right, my next one I think is going to end up being, um, man, uh, Craincraft 400s, uh, Zombie Nation. 
I don't know if you know this song, but it's the one where if you look at uh, Penn State whiteout games, right, and they're all wearing white and they got the white pom poms. Oh, 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 like, oh, dude, like, there's like a hundred thousand people in that place just going nuts as the as the team's walking out, right? Could you imagine? It's like. A Saturday night, prime time, you're on ABC, you're playing Ohio State or you're playing fucking Michigan or something like that. And you're just, you're coming out in that pearly white pant, white helmet with a blue stripe, classic blue jersey. Like there's tradition there and a hundred thousand people are just ready for you to walk out and you just walk out to that. Like I got goosebumps right now. Like my hairs, I could shave right now. Like shave. <laughs> no, I don't even need like a cream or nothing like that. Like It's all standing up. So I'll take... Current craft 400 zombie nation you, you can't match that kind of like that college atmosphere for those bigger teams you yeah. can't match that energy in like all the other sports like that there's just something about it i need we need to go to more college games i, I don't know what we're even doing here yeah let's go uh let's take see. out a second mortgage get up to colorado <laughs> get to boulder maybe i don't know oh yeah we don't need to go up there whatever uh go to like i do that's like a big bucket oh, list dude. item for me yeah. is to go to hey. all the big Big, big college football game atmospheres. The like, Falcons are ranked. I think they're like number twenty-two. You, yeah, Air Force. They're gonna go undefeated this year too, dude. Like, they probably they're yeah. they're good. They're gonna be undefeated. So, yeah. whoo! I don't I'm know. Actually, going man. to see them in uh, at Mile High. They're playing the Army up there. They are. When's that? They are. I don't know. Uh, November. I think it's huh. like early November. Cold. Some dude bought tickets. Yeah, it'll be nice. cold for sure. That's cool. That'd be cool. Um, let's see. My fourth one here. Damn, I got a lot of bangers here, Tony. You're messing it up. Um, what? Because <laughs> you're not picking anything good. <clears throat> uh, oh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with the heckler, right? The heckler who's at baseball games. And there's one dude, and I hate the fact that he's a Giants fan, right? But he's on TikTok. He's on all the socials in short form. Right. If you look at like the Giants heckler or whatever, yep. he's so damn good at heckling. So he'll be like, whatever. Hey, Mookie, <laughs> you don't wash your hands after you pee, you bum. Right. And it's just like clean stuff or whatever. Or yeah. <laughs> your mom doesn't even come to your games, you bum. <laughs> right. Stuff like that. I love the heckler, man. Like, especially if they could do it like fun stuff, right? That, and then you see players get reactions and stuff. Like, oh damn, that was good or something like that. Um, not the guy who's like belligerent and f this, yeah, f yeah. that, you know. Yes. But like a good heckler who's fun, you know. Sitting out in the outfield, bleachers, you know, having some peanuts and cracker jacks. You don't even care if you ever get back. So, um, <laughs> that's part. That's that's part of the, at at the old ball game. We're gonna get through that song, Tony. <laughs> the heckler that's fine it's good you got last two last two um this one's your fault this next pick uh didn't even know this was a thing because i don't i don't watch you know the halftime show at freaking heinz field or whatever we're calling it these days yeah but it is the halftime music the pittsburgh steelers play didn't even know i like sticks but i do they play renegade they have the video. They get people pumped up when they're getting their beer and their hot dogs at halftime. But go check out that song or the video the team puts out. It's on YouTube. It's, it's everywhere. It's so good. So mm -hmm. good. And, the uh, story Nate has behind put it, it in our in our Madden <laughs> in our Madden games, <laughs> like when he was playing as the Steelers, like at halftime, yeah. took the time to edit the stupid videos and, and posted it. 
Yeah, we used to record really uh, all of our head-to-head matchups in this Madden Dynasty. We were running with uh, you know a couple handfuls worth of people or whatever like that. Now it's the Steelers. But I think the thing is, is that one game, they were down and they needed to stop and it was a timeout or something like that and they played it. They just played it. And then it became... The Steelers came back and won. So then like they got a turnover real quick, a sack, and then it stuck. So it's like this, hey, pivotal moment. And you hear people, we need Renegade. We need Renegade, <laughs> right? Stuff like that. So it's pretty good. They'll play it all over the they'll play it all when they need a when they need a big play or something like that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Uh final one here. I'm just checking demographics, Nate. Don't don't judge me for this one. Um, you might like it. You Nate's going to say he doesn't like this one, but he does. Uh, it's another baseball one. Uh, they play it during the eighth inning. It's at Fenway. It's Sweet Caroline, and every single person sings it. Home fan, away fan, people who aren't baseball fans, the staff, the people at concession, they all sing it. Um, Nate's singing it right now under his breath. How does it go again? Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. I... Fucking hated Dude. that song for so long because I went to Notre Dame Pitt in Pittsburgh and they played it in the between the third and the fourth quarter. And this was like the a good year for Notre Dame. I'd watched them play Navy that year in M&T Bank where the Baltimore Ravens play. Yeah. Took a buddy and my ex-wife. We all went out. And, hey, we're going to Pittsburgh. We're going to tailgate at the rivers, all this kind of stuff, right? We get in there. Notre Dame's got Jimmy Clausen, Michael Floyd, Theo Riddick's on the team, like dogs. Charlie Weiss is the head coach at this time, but old mustache Wanstead. And I think they had, uh, what was his name, Baldwin? Not Doug Baldwin, but another Baldwin. He was a massive dude. Shady McCoy was on the team. Like, they were nasty, nasty to Pitt. And uh, Notre Dame lost to Pittsburgh, and they played Sweet Caroline, and the whole fucking stadium said it. And uh, we got shit thrown at us after the game as we're walking out. Beers poured on us. Fucking hate the whole city of Pittsburgh. Respect them, but I hate the fuck out of them. So I swore it off until I watched Fever Pitch. And that's my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. And uh, it makes me feel good now. So I think they're singing it like the, the fans over in London, like at those two games. Yeah. Just just not for any reason other than yeah. to just sing it. It's really it's good. It's that one. And uh Country roads oh, take me home <laughs> to a place I belong, West Virginia. Uh, like, <laughs> that's good. Sing it with me. Take me home, oh, country roads. roads. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna make uh, sense. There's like a delay. I'm sure that's gonna sound terrible. We're I don't know. Apologize. Whatever. Like, sing with us. Rewind it 20 seconds. Hop in to John Denver with us. That guy's full of shit, man. That John Denver's full of shit. <laughs> it's good. I assume one of us is going to say it. <coughs> we could literally look out one side of our house and agree that John Denver's full of shit because we're looking towards Kansas and not the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> uh, my last one is going to be the vendors at baseball games or football games anywhere. It used to be nice when they when they get had programs, right? So when you'd walk right into a ballpark or stadium, you're programs, yeah. Get your program, five dollar programs here, you know, whatever. But, or actually, when they used to have the people come up and down the, the you know, the stadium miles all the time, like that's a lost art. I feel like, like we go up to cores, there ain't nobody going up and down. Maybe one time throughout the whole game, maybe bear here, ice cold bear, core light, something like that. Peanuts, hot dogs, ice cream, snow coats, cotton candy, like 
I want to be one of those dudes when I get older, right? I got to work it's, on it, obviously, but it should be more prevalent now with the pitch clock. Like, I don't got time to go get beer, stand in line for beer, stand in line for hot dogs, shit. stand in line for uh, dip, dipping dots for the kids. Like, yeah. someone should be walking up and down the stairs. Help us out here. We have, we literally have to go pay more for tickets to sit in a club level. <laughs> so there's not enough people, not a lot of people at the concessions. So that when we go, have to go in between an inning. We might only miss the first at bat. Yo, like, you don't know about club level, Coors Field. They got they yeah. got dividers in the bathrooms between the urinals. They got yeah. shorter lines for all the bathrooms. It's, yeah. it's legit. Actual. I don't bars. like the dividers. I, I like seeing. You know, I'm a big hot dog guy. So. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, baseball. You got a lot of benders in baseball. <laughs> Restrooms. What were the on picks the, on the tell mound? The people, <laughs> tell the people the picks. Jesus. You don't like dick jokes, Tony. Damn it. Um, <laughs> title for the episode. Uh, no one makes it this far. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that homeboy who follows us on Twitter who shouted us out watching on his TV. Shout out to you, um, Tony. You got the seventh inning stretch. Uh, the Oregon played at baseball games. Walkout music. Sticks Renegade at Heinz Field. Sweet Caroline. Bah, bah, bah. And then I got the FSU War Chant. Some of the War Chant. I got the Hey song. Zombie Nation, Kerncraft 400. I got the baseball heckler out in the outfield and the vendor going up and down the stadium steps. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I just want to point out that we have a lot of baseball. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had the NHL goal, like the siren. And oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anaheim plays the bro him. I'm a huge Pennywise guy. And I think that's the best like goal song. That's like that little clip. Um mm -hmm. For Brohan, if you don't know that song, like check it out. That's another hype one. Uh, I had the baseball sound effect, like the broken glass when a foul ball like goes out of like a minor league field, like yeah, stadium. yeah. fucking hilarious. It's so yeah. it's so cheesy, but like I laugh every time. Uh, another one was everybody clap your hands, clap, clap, clap your hand, right? Oh yeah. And then the last one was uh, Bruce Buffer, like at UFC or wrestling events. Yeah, let's get ready to rumble. It's it's gonna be around. We knew it. Our kids now know it. Our kids' mm -hmm. kids are going to know it. There'll be some buffer around. Steve Buffer. What, one of them. I know there's like two of them, right? There's like Michael and Bruce or something like that. Yeah. Michael does the boxing yeah. and then Bruce. Yeah. They've got kids in training right now. Yeah. They'll be around. Yeah. That so, was like what, really awkward at MetLife opening night when Aaron Rodgers and they had Michael Buffer doing Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Like yeah. nobody gets hyped to that at football games. Like no. that's boxing ring. The, you know, you got to have the microphone come down from no, 150 yep. feet above on a cable and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, my honorable mentions were the crack of the baseball bat. Mm -hmm. So you just know there's you no. just sit there having a conversation here. You just up. jump up. Yeah. Right. You, and then you're trying to find the ball. Um, I have the random guy starting a chant and it turning into the whole stadium following it. Right. It might be the one guy who just starts yelling, let's go Dodgers at Coors Field Coors every Field. now and then. So. Um, happens every time we go it's weird that's 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 me that's me <laughs> in enemy territory they're not really enemies they're like nah pushovers so you keep beating the dodgers every time we go so um and then my last one is going to be the chicago bulls intro theme song right so Ooh. when you look at the 90s bulls and stuff like that they put it in space jam it's pretty mm -hmm. good i used it for a promotion ceremony when i was working in california we were in charge of the promotion ceremony. It was March, so we did a whole March Madness thing. And I was introducing people over a microphone. Like, and now, standing <laughs> five foot three, I'm not going to say her weight. <laughs> <laughs> and we, like, added in all of their high schools and stuff. So, like, hailing from 
Mesa Ridge High School, Colorado Springs, Colorado. You That's know, whatever cool. like that. Um, you know, it was pretty cool and fun. So um we just got a basketball hoop where we worked. So we used that as like the way to introduce the basketball hoop. So uh, let us know in the comments who had the better list or what what are your favorite stadium sounds, right? So let us know what your favorite stadium sounds are. What do you like? What did we miss? What do you what are you agreeing with? Maybe add in some tomahawk chops or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know how you could do that in emoji, but it'd be pretty cool to see. So uh, let us know and tweet at us at Taco Corp Sports on the X. Tweet at tweet on the X, post on the X on the Twitter X, tweet on the Twitter, post on the Twitter. Rants or raves, Tony. You got a rant or a rave before we get out of here. Uh, I have a rant. Oh, Lord. Okay. And it's directed at Roger Goodell. Again, okay. he's a listener of the show, so it's this not one's me. for you, Roger. Uh, I'm ranting about your dumbass rules regarding Tyreek Hill's touchdown celebrations. Uh, gave you a preview of that earlier. Um, the dude is literally throwing up a peace sign or doing a backflip uh, mm -hmm. after he scores a touchdown holding someone's phone. I know it's a prop, but the peace sign is literally mm -hmm. like peace or deuces. I just, you know. I'm running faster than you. Like, well, I don't, what's the problem with the peace sign? Is it like, is it a it's gateway taunting. gesture? It's a gateway taunting. gesture, isn't it? What's it, like, what's, what, what's the league? Like, what do you think is going to happen next? Like, is it the peace you're gonna sign? You're going to start and the next cunnilingus. Like the, <laughs> next he's going to throw out the blood, right? He's going to start yeah. dropping that as he's running he's into just, the end zone. He's just running like this. And then what's his head yeah. in there? That's his for the YouTube so listeners. Yeah. His head's oh so God. close that it looks like he's eating at the Y. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't I don't like it. I wish they would let people do that kind of stuff, but I think it became like a they claimed it was a player safety thing cuz guys were putting stuff in their socks and stuff like that or but I mean Joe Horn did it pretty dope with a you know sell, a flip phone underneath the goal post and all that kind of stuff, but Yeah. It was cool. Like I I, I would just love to hear like the meeting when the 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 rules or the competition committee like they gather like all those 70, 80-year-old probably white dudes, right? Whites, and they yeah. talk about these dudes like what ha what are they talking about? Like, we can't have Tyreek throwing up the peace sign. This is just bad for the kids. We, we mean, can't have we can't have that. Like, you don't understand culture, right? You don't understand yeah. what everybody's into on the internet. Like, it's the other team's not being you know put up or anything like that, or being like you know shown up or but nothing like that. Right? You're not in people's faces. There's people sit. There's people starting fights before football games who aren't going to get fined. There's three or four. This, this Trent Williams. Week. Every week, Trent Williams punches someone in the face. Doesn't get fined for it, right? But God forbid you wear your you wear your socks wrong, or you don't have your jersey tucked in the entire game, yeah. or you have fun and people clip it, and it's the most viral thing on the internet, bringing attention to your league. Like yeah. maybe Tyree's just trying to get people in the stands in Miami because that place is sixty percent empty every game, and they're one of the best and fun teams to watch in the NFL. Oh. I'm, I'm sure no no NFL or ESPN affiliates will use that video clip one time uh, over the course of the rest of the they season. They shouldn't. They shouldn't because it's illegal. Right? They're you going to. Have. A thousand percent they probably did yeah. today in all the, the talk shows. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah. Mine is going to be a rave, and I'm going to talk about Cortland Sutton. Right? So Cortland Sutton, guy that I like for a fantasy wide receiver, but I was watching the All-22 this morning of – the Chiefs and the Broncos game on Thursday night. First play of the Broncos drive. They run it to the right side with Javante. Cortland Sutton's on the right side as a receiver. He breaks in really fast, ditches the corner, and just 
boom, hits the safety hard, right? The safety kind of tries to bounce past him, and Cortland Sutton gets himself inside, and he's just like hardcore blocking, right? And then later on in the drive, Cortland Sutton's on the far left, outside the number, and the ball is like in the middle of the field or to the right hash. So he's far away from this play, out there on the island by himself. The run play is to the right, the opposite side of the field. He's literally 45 yards away from this play, and Cortland Sutton's yeah. bursting off the ball and blocking this dude, right, hardcore. The guy's probably like two or three yards off of him, but he's running hard into him like he's running a route and just chuck and like blocking 45 yards away. And then he's going up the field looking for new blocks to hit and all this kind of stuff. There's, in that first drive, there's like six blocks by Cortland Sutton that are just like really dope and fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And he's blocking a dude, that guy's out of it, and he's going to look for the next guy. And I really respect that out of wide receivers because a lot of times you see wide receivers just take plays off on those things. But what that's allowing Cortland Sutton to do is get open on pass plays because now the corner can't take a play off. They don't know if it's a run or if it's a pass, right? So if they're like, oh, this is this, a play action, he's just coming to block me, I'm going to get out of the way. Or he gets off a break a little bit easier because they don't know if he's going to block or whatever. It keeps the corners guessing when they normally have kind of an idea of it's a pass or a run based off the effort that's coming off a wide receiver. So shout out to you, Cortland Sutton. Good job blocking, buddy. Good job blocking. It's one of the greatest things when you see wide receivers blocking downfield right one of the greatest blocks this last weekend was craig reynolds coming out of nowhere and just fucking smashing tampa bay <laughs> buccaneer dude and they go up for you know six or whatever it was another another five six yards or touchdown i forget what the play it resulted in but it was a key block to get a first down on like a whatever end log so shout out to blockers especially Cortland sutton you can follow the show at taco core sports if you're watching now on youtube hit subscribe hit like let us know what you think whatever you want to hear from us going forward if you have topics for drafts or anything like that we'll incorporate them in the show so let your friends know hit the share button you can share it with people let people know that you know if they like it they like it if they don't they don't if you know they won't like it send it to them because then sure if they watch anyways. it for four seconds we'll get it we'll get a view maybe they stick around for a little bit or they scroll through and they're like hey what's this 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 and always share it with your dad your dad will watch the whole damn thing and we really appreciate that so thanks to everybody that's subscribing we're almost to like 150 right now and it's kind of crazy because we kind of just started doing youtube like decently or like trying to put some effort into putting them out you know and all that kind of stuff and um it just learning it and and how to do this whole thing a little bit better for what we like doing and what we think people like you know hearing and stuff like that and hopefully we provide you a different angle than everybody else spitting off the same stats no one's talking about who you should be handcuffing right now and no one's telling you to trade for Kadarius tony so <clears throat> it's a lot oh, of fun and with those yeah. handcuffs like you might thank us later if you do go out you know you're able to grab a couple of those we guys. are we are going just like we did with the bust episode right and we recapped what that looked like so far um shout out to austin eckler minus a couple you know whatever three for 36 receiving or something like that his you know 14 for 27 yards rushing against the dallas cowboys who get gashed and every time the team loses they get run all over and for some reason they throw it 40 times a game yeah against that team um but we'll recap this, you know, and see where see where it comes in handy, you know, later on down the year, at the end of the year, where these guys finish off. Sure. So um, I think that'll be fun. Tony, anything else for the people? Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for kind of engaging with us. Um, we do appreciate it. We're, yeah. we're paying attention to all the socials, all the comments. Thank you. 
Yep. Thank you. Thank you much. Banger of the week. Another stadium sound. I remember hearing this when we had season tickets to 49ers in 1998. Jerry Rice was still on the team. He came back on a Monday night football against, I believe it was the Washington Redskins. Mm -hmm. um, and they retired his, they retired Joe Montana's number that night. Uh, it was the year that Terrell Owens kind of started breaking out. They had JJ Stokes there. It was sick team. Steve Young quarterbacking, but this used to play. And every time I hear it, it takes me back to those times. And I think that's what stadium sounds do, right? Like we we hold on to nostalgia and stuff like that. Banger of the week, my Sharona by the Knack. For Tony, I am Nate. Taco Corp episode 108 is in the books. Love you, bye. My Sharona. Oh, my little pretty one. My pretty, my pretty one. one. When you're gonna give me some time, Sharona? <laughs> like that. That's the thumbnail. My Sharona. <laughs> Goddamn idiot. <laughs> <laughs>